0: Welcome to the Creative Condition Podcast, the show where I, Ben Talon, illustrator and writer, explore human creativity and invite people from the creative industry and far beyond to share their story of creativity, both the nature and the nurture, the chaos and the calm. Creativity is a fundamental pillar of human happiness, a vital ingredient in the solutions to all of our problems. So often misunderstood. Little by little, I'm building an archive of valuable stories, experiences and tips to help you maximise yours. The show is supported by founding sponsor and B Corp, Illustration X. Take a look at their stunning range of illustrators and animators now, illustrationx.com. If you like the music for the show, it's by Dirty Freud, who you can listen to on Spotify and all good music streaming services today i'm bringing you the fourth installment in the creative stories series of the creative condition podcast i'm going to warn you up front there's a lot of high emotions in this story it is both heartening and heartbreaking at the same time it's a follow on from last week's ukrainian special episode with Olya protosova who is a design community activist illustrator and designer who brought us the story of creativity in war and this is the Hockney soldier hello and welcome to the show how are you doing guys i hope you're well you having a good week how is that creativity how's your energy how is your brain i hope you're good um thank you thank you for listening hello if you're a regular lovely to have you back go and leave a review <laughs> cheers guys for doing that recently it's been a nice upsurge in reviews and feedback which is lovely because admittedly i had been intermittent with my posting and inconsistent with my episodes so it was likely that i was going to receive the same fluctuating response rate and um but lately with the book coming up which is coming in april apologies I did say March 28th for production reasons we have had to shift to April the 11th but it also just makes a lot more sense not going to bore you with that but for those reasons I have found some consistency I have got my brand tight I'm loving this show and there are so many opportunities just coming into my life with great people from all walks of life and I've got some belts coming up I've got some real outside the box episodes I've got some brilliant people from within the creative industry and anyone who's listened to this show over time will know that I like to vary it up, but ultimately it all comes down to understanding and embracing human creativity so that you can tool yourself up to go out there and whether that's finding success in the creative industry or just finding a fulfilling career trajectory or life, that's what I want to do. I want to help to empower people and really get a handle on creativity, which I've been learning this week was at the very crux of what is called the cognitive revolution. So I'm reading Sapiens and it's an incredible book and it is the turning point and the thing that differentiated us Homo Sapiens from um, Neanderthals and from other forms of humans and from animals and i find that wondrous and fascinating and i could go down a rabbit hole right now but i'm not gonna i've got a guest related to that coming up that i'm not going to give away just now but it's a cracker of an episode and um more on that later but thank you for coming back if you're a regular listener if you're new to the show don't be put off by the range. Like I said, the crux is understanding and embracing human creativity. So everything I bring you, everything I do on the show comes down to the furthering of that particular cause. There are many, many great shows out there that are more kind of business and design business centric that I love also love to support. I'm not afraid to kind of plug over the podcast. You might have seen me sharing Katie Cowan's brilliant podcast, the creative boom. Katie is a good friend of mine and we like to kind of mutually support one another. And I think that like in any businesses, the more points of access and support and help and understanding that we have, the better it is for all of us. Cause it just strengthens the ecosystem and the passion and uh, the positive energy. So. Yeah, go and check a few of those out if you want something that's more kind of specifically, you know, a series of interviews with designers or creative industry professionals. There are are plenty good ones out there doing that. There's a lot of that on this show too, but as you'll have seen, I have people like Mac Ferrari, Bagstorm's founder, Sean Ryder, famous rock star, uh, Jen Graneman, sensitivity expert. I like to really work my way around the human brain and the human psychology and uh, neuroscience and, you know just get into different walks of life and different perspectives and backgrounds for this show. So I hope that's something you continue to enjoy. If you're new to the show, that's what you can expect. Big thank you to the founding sponsor of the show, illustration X. You can check out their global range of illustration and animation portfolios. Now at illustrationx.com a wonderful organization and B Corp and so much good visual communication industry leader, big supporter of what we do. That's why they've been supporting this show for seven years now. Brilliant stuff. So today, so let's go back to the last week. So I hope you enjoyed and I hope you listened to the episode with Olya Protosova. So Olya is a wonderful beacon of strength and bravery and inspiration and creativity. Um, Olya from Ukraine, who is currently going through a horrible war with the rest of the Ukrainian people. And it just opened up a new channel in my heart, which I want to further because I've really fallen in love with, you know, the history of Ukraine and the strength of those people through their many adversities over the years and their many wars, which is really quite heartbreaking. So I understand if you found it a little tough to listen and maybe you chose not to, and that's absolutely fine because I get it. I know that when I do an episode like that, that has got a lot of sensitive, um, trigger points and topics like war that there's a lot of heaviness in the world just now, so it's absolutely fine and no hard feelings. If you chose not to listen to that episode, if you can bring it upon yourself, if you can, um, you know, get into doing that and you can bring yourself to do it, then please do because what those people are going through is unspeakable at the moment, but how they're responding should be inspiration and an example to us all. And that's something I wanted to further today because just after I recorded the conversation with Olya, she sent me a picture that night. And I'm not going to give away what that picture is. And don't worry, it's not—it's nothing grizzly, it's nothing graphic. It was something that just broke through that kind of invisible wall that is there between countries like us here in the UK who are very fortunate not to have to look up into the sky and wonder if bombs are going to fall. And countries like Ukraine are in, a, in the midst of a war. And it broke through that wall in a way that touched my heart and made me feel so many emotions that I didn't want to come on here today and just tell you that story from me as Ben Talon. I wanted to write that story. I wanted to write it as me, as Ben Talon, but I wanted to write it in my style, my prose style, which is what I've done. And that's what this story is going to be today. The story is called The Hockney Soldier. That will come to light, uh, the reason for titling it as such. I hope you enjoy the story. I think you guys are really going to relate to this one, and I hope that this will really bring you a little closer to the Ukrainian people. And if that's the case, I would ask all of you to please just take the time to, to go and look at you know projects that we detailed on last week's episode, like the Abetka uh, by Telegraph Design, which is a... Th- a 33, which is an alphabet, a Ukrainian alphabet done typographically with a, a history story attached to each one. And it's it's brilliant and it's really fascinating and it really gives you a sense of not just what's been happening in this war, which started in 2014 and escalated in 2022 with the full-scale Russian invasion, but... This is centuries old. This is a cultural battle. This is, uh, this is deep. And if you listen to that episode with Olya, you'll, you'll, you'll find that out. So please do, if you haven't already, if you can bring yourself to do that, because that is one magical way to support the Ukrainian people from the comfort of your homes or your studios, but this is. Not part two, but this is a continuation of my support for those people. And I hope that in some way, this story will help to kind of bring home, um, the way that we all belong to these wars that are going in the world. We all belong, you know, to what's going on in Gaza. We all belong to what's happening in Ukraine because really we are one planet and we do get caught up in our little national bubbles and everything else, but to turn away just invites the monster a little closer to all of us. So I hope that this is something um, that you enjoy. I'm going to be touching upon a little bit more about Ukraine with the Ukrainian Institute at the end of this show, but first I am going to read you this story, the Hockney soldier. The picture book was pivotal. It showed up one quiet afternoon in the art and design section of the bookshop in which I worked after graduating from my illustration degree course. I was floundering without tutors, or studio space, or peers at the time. Books kept me going. Whenever the shop was quiet, I engineered undisputable reasons to hover near the art books, and the red hand lettering daubed on the grey front cover of the picture book drew me in like a moth to the flame. I couldn't handle how well it worked... How easy the lettering had been made to look, despite knowing it was the trick of simplicity. Something about the naivety spoke to a part of my soul that I could not yet understand, or utilise consciously. That's what these books do. Scatter crumbs on the ground for us to follow. Inside five minutes, with that succulent staff discount, I'd burned a little more of my overdraft in the latest attempt to jumpstart my flatlined career ambitions. Everything changed when I ran home and spilled its guts without even taking my shoes off. Hundreds of pages, action-packed with the glorious work of the hottest illustrators of the day, slopped down my trousers and onto the carpet. I still lacked any sense of how I'd start to get into this creative industry, but I'd peeked into Galadriel's mirror and saw this one possible future, and there was no turning back. Books were ever-present, from the very first day of my arts education, when I walked into college with the book of Yoji Shinkawa's Metal Gear Solid video game art, much to the chagrin of my tutor. During our studies and beyond, one by one, on a naive, wondrous loop, us wannabe illustrators and designers and artists would all come back from the university library, or magma. A bookshop in Manchester with thick volumes like The Picture Book, and left them in prominent places. On coffee tables, on our studio desks, on café tables, for all to see what we were, where we were going, to what we belonged. Even if we didn't open them, they were there. The mere presence of an art book was enough to stoke our fires. Magma specialised in art and design books, and pilgrimages to it, on the train from our university town, Preston. 50 minutes or so, just to browse, were sacred, and filled our heads with artistic imaginings of colossal proportions. An all-you-can-eat buffet for the unconscious, that we hoped might hurry up and re-emerge as something half-decent. If we had a part-time job or student loan money, we'd choose a succinctly produced design journal, sketchbook anthology, Quirky font treasury, an indie zine riddled with irresistibly droll comic strips by Tom Gold, or abstract photography and frenzied doodles. I remember one story in a visitor lecture about artist books, a guy who'd got a book deal for a box of Polaroids they'd found in the home of an elderly lady who had passed away. In her twilight years, this lady would leave the house, make it only so far and realised she couldn't be sure whether she'd turned off her gas cooker hobs and have to make the return journey to check. It was driving her mad. So she started to shoot Polaroids of the dials and keep the evidence right there in her pocket. Then, the big twist. It was all bullshit. Just a wild idea presented as real events. That made it even better for me. Anyway, you get the idea. These books were nothing short of prophecies containing glimpses of our wildest creative fantasies. They were pure, and transcended all of the grey goo down here. All the banality that polluted and barricaded our utopian desires. The utility bills, and the routine operations, and the leaking roofs, and the supermarket trolleys, and the pet insurance ropes around our wings. Ask anyone. They'll tell you. I wouldn't be stretching if I told you these were the porn magazines left under my professional hedge. I even got in one once, a European anthology of illustrators, not a porno. These books belonged to us in a way that nobody else could ever know. Not even the others who owned the exact same book. Nobody ever dog-eared the same page for the same reasons. When my career finally did get started. Every new shithole studio I illustrated out of, the books were the crowning glory. They became my industry membership card. Every agency I haunted the receptions of, sipping my coffee, they had a stack of books or mags, and I'd make sure I was lost in one, brow furrowed, lurched forward, as if I'd stumbled across the meaning of life when the creative director arrived to look at my portfolio, hissing apologies for their lateness. If I stared at the pages hard enough, They'd know I was serious. Never ever in the presence of these books did I think about saying goodbye to them. And then I learned about the Hockney soldier. I'd talked to Olya. Olya was a Ukrainian illustrator and designer. Design activist. Olya knew the meaning of war. That was the Ukrainian reality. It had been this way for centuries. What that meant to too many of us from other places was a disconnect. Their war was here and now. Our world, our time. But without knowing what it felt like to hear the first wail of an air alert. To have the spirit shaken by rockets and bombs as they edited or deleted your street and childhood home. To know the smell of a sinking ship to know how it felt to claw at rubble and dust with shaking bare hands until the skin gave way, and to try desperately to locate a whine or a groan, or worse, to fight to stay in control as the grotesque silence of an absent reply from underneath paralyses the mind. It was all too easy to send positive thoughts and get on with what we were doing. For us, the idea of war was filed alongside grandad's stories but when all sent me the photo of the books there was no hiding place it mirrored the contents of the bookshelves behind me these were art books design books books on the nude figure there was Helmut newton juxtapose rembrandt and there was hockney david hockney from bradford just up the road from the yorkshire mill town of keefley where i grew up Free of the shadow of war. I knew, thanks to an adult life spent hauling them around, that these piles of anthologies and compendiums and collections and expressions of the personal shape of creativity were so heavy that if you filled a box and tried to lift it, you'd just be left holding the handles. But they were mere dust motes under the crushing gravity of their owner's story. What had brought this photograph into my life was my will to help the Ukrainian people in some way. The bravery they would shown me transcended linguistic limitations. These people who continued to create despite all that human darkness seeping into their land, their lives, coming for their language and culture and right to exist as free people. That's how all this started. Olya and I. Creativity was our bond. She'd heard about Stefan Sagmeister's book, Now Is Better, on my podcast. And now, thanks to the efforts of her and the Ukrainian creative community, it was available in their bookshops. And I just had to hear that story. Hear why books and making art still mattered. I had my own assumptions about what those reasons might be, but only the people who had to walk past anti-tank hedgehogs in the street truly knew. So Olya and I arranged a call Making art had mattered to the Hockney soldier. The cityscape of books they'd sold to the bookshop and dropped off in massive bags proved that. I almost hadn't asked Olya the obvious question during our chat. How could I? But I did, because in the face of this courage and triumph of the human spirit, I couldn't tuck my tail and skirt around the reality of it. Even now, I asked her, Given everything the Ukrainian people have had to suffer, can now possibly be better? And Olia told me about her grandmother, who had to live through Holodomor. Holodomor where so many had died of artificial starvation, at a time when journalists had tried to get news out to countries who might challenge the barbarism, but nobody had listened. So yes, she told me, we can share information and we have support, so to this point, now is better and words failed me as my brain scrambled for something to respond with that wasn't just a silly noise. After you sent me the photo I couldn't stop looking at the books. My books, which I'd never seen in the same way again. And their books, the Hockney Soldier. I named them that because this person was going to fight in the war. And these piles of books, like my piles of books, said they knew they might not be returning. Those fingers had turned those pages and bookmarked points of reference and had maybe made keyboard shortcuts in Photoshop or gently applied brushstrokes to a canvas would now have to grasp the chilling steel of a gun and fiddle with the chin strap of a helmet. And as I look at the books over and over I want to press my fingers against theirs because this person is bound to me and I to them. Not through Hockney Not even through the books, not through the rules of typography or a south-facing studio space with good daylight, but through creativity, imagination, that magical part of the human condition and the bedrock of the cognitive revolution that had fooled us into thinking we were separate from the animal kingdom, but did put us at the summit of it. And now the Hockney soldier had to walk away from these compendiums of the best of humanity, To face the destruction and devastation of its drooling worst. The savagery that made me wonder if we were actually beneath it. But the books gave me hope. And I hoped beyond all hope that the Hockney soldier would come home to a free land. Where the new seeds of culture could blossom like never before. And the sun would look so bright. And every colour would burst from every page in colours we'd never seen before. And these books... ...were too much for me to bear. But it didn't end there. All had told me that when things were bad... ...people had a way of behaving like bees... ...or ants. Of not waiting to be told what to do... ...and adapting. I offered to buy some of the books... ...to keep them safe... ...to be returned if the Hockney soldier returned home. But I was beaten to it. By some distance. And it felt good. They had sold almost immediately and their hosts just like me knew that this was a loan whatever happened it was a loan they would house them because their books are refugees too with a story of their own the ending of which none of us can know an ending that somehow we could all influence thank you for listening guys i hope you enjoyed that story um was quite moving to write. I, there was a lot of emotion coursing through my fingers and through my mind as I as I penned that one in response to the response to a very real series of events. It's um, it's straight nonfiction. There, it might read as prose, but that's the the kind of powerful nonfiction that I like to write. And I hope that it resonated with you. That was my intention. I want you to feel what I felt because the symbolism of those bags of art books that were dropped into a second-hand book sh- art and design bookstore in Kiev was just overwhelmingly powerful it said so much and it broke through that distance and separation that we have from countries who are at war when we see it on the news and on tv and it just brought it home I, as I looked around at my own art books here in the studio where I'm talking to you from now um the gravitas of that the idea of so you know when we think of somebody going away to war unless you've got direct connections you think of you know world war 2 soldiers and black and white footage and sepia photographs and people from another time in another place but like i said in the story this is here and now this person was a designer or an artist like you and i and right now after i get off this microphone and finish talking to you you know i have to plan Things for my book release. I have to check my kids are okay at nursery. I have to walk the dog this afternoon. I have to make a couple of phone calls. I have to call my um, utility provider who have not fixed the meter. That's where we're at. But I hope that whatever your day looks like, you will take some resonance from this story with you and, and just realize that, that, that this could be us. If we turn the other cheek in times like this, then that barrier comes down really quickly. So remember that please and and take some heart from this. And and, and I'm I want to take this moment also to introduce a new partner, a new sponsor on the show. Um it's something I voluntarily chose to do off the back of that story and the impact that those images had on me. I spoke to a lovely lady called Sasha, who is uh, the communications manager from the Ukrainian Institute. And the Ukrainian Institute are an organization who champion Ukrainian culture and the arts and try to make connections overseas so that even in these times, we can celebrate and champion Ukrainian artists, designers, and other communicators. Uh, really talented, amazing people. And I hope you'll consider taking the time to have a look at them. Um, so you can visit the website over at ui.org And you can see the projects, you can see films and you can see um, art and design and wonderful things celebrating Ukrainian culture. And even if you just share an image of your favourite thing on there on your social feed, it helps to keep um, the positive Ukrainian culture creative community moving forwards to something better and i think it is a massive help if you listen to last week's episode with all oh, your you will know why um it's really impactful and it's not a great deal of effort required on our part to help and that's why i'm Going to be championing these guys moving forward on the show now. I'm going to be talking about some of the projects they're doing at the beginning and end, and I hope you'll join me in um, giving them a little boost. You can find them on LinkedIn by searching Ukrainian Institute, on Instagram at Ukrainian underscore Institute, and on X at UA underscore Institute, where they share loads of amazing work and there's some stunning stuff. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for listening to Creative Stories number four, The Hockney Soldier. So many good guest episodes coming up in the future. Um, I've been talking to Gush Monday, founder and Top Dog, about Bulletproof. Really interesting story, really good take on what it means to run an agency in this uh, contemporary world in which we live. I've got Eve Warren coming up, talking about excessive demands on junior and entry-level positions in the creative industry and why that might be it's a very mazy you know speculative conversation about our own experiences and takes on what creativity needs to look like for an entry level role and why it's wrong that's a good one i enjoyed having that conversation last night with eve go and check her out she is a senior creative at love creative agency in manchester We've got Dan and Luke from Birmingham Design Festival talking about human interaction and um, social side of creativity ahead of Birmingham Design Festival 2024, which is going to be coming up this summer. Be a part of it. Go and grab a ticket. Go and visit their beautiful little bookshop there. Um, who else? Who else? What else? What else? Oh, i got Ty Glover coming up talking about uh, neuro creative programming and neuro linguistics. That's a deep one. That's a really interesting one. So it's all going on. Loving this show at the moment. Please do help support by sharing a review. Um, Just a little rating on whatever platform you listen to if you like the show give us a nice little rating and a subscription that really really does help to keep the numbers moving Um, It's not a lot of effort and I hope you'll consider doing it because I do this for the pure love of creativity that's enough from me big thank you to the founding sponsor of the show the brilliant Illustration X B Corp and Illustration Animation Agency check them out now illustrationx.com thank you for listening guys I hope you've enjoyed the show back next week usual time Wednesday 5am GMT have a good week take yeah